increasing the efficiency of your furnace by even 5 to 10% would be a good thing. On today's Heat Treat Radio podcast, we're going to introduce you to a spray-on product that increases furnace efficiency by, on average, 10 to 15%, and sometimes as high as 25%. It can be applied to nearly any furnace surface and can be applied in less than a week in most cases, sometimes even within a single day. Thanks for joining us. I'm Doug Glenn, your Heat Treat radio host and publisher of Heat Treat Today. Before we jump on the phone and call Greg Odenthal at ITC Coatings, let me encourage you to visit www.heattreattoday.com especially if you're a manufacturer with in-house heat treat operations. Our website targets content for heat treaters in the aerospace, automotive, medical, and energy sectors, as well as general manufacturing. And we update the site with at least one new piece of content every weekday, and we typically publish technical content on Tuesday, our Technical Tuesday feature. So let's get rolling on today's podcast. I got on the phone and called Greg Odenthal. Greg is the Director of Engineering and Technical Applications for ITC Coatings. Let's jump right into the phone call. So this is uh, Doug Glenn with Heat Treat Radio. We're here today on the phone with Greg Odenthal from ITC Coatings. So I wanted to talk about, a, I think, what is a relatively interesting, not necessarily new, but definitely perhaps new to many captive heat treaters, uh, many heat treaters in the industry. And um, it's, it has to do with helping the insulating properties of furnaces and things of that sort. So let's let's start. First thing I want to do is welcome Greg. Greg, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. It's good to be here. Yeah. So uh, let's just give the without a lot of detail at this point because we'll get into a little bit more detail as we go forward. If you can give us the uh, the elevator pitch on this, the thirty second elevator pitch on the products, uh, and maybe as you're doing that, just tell us a bit about the company also, so we know the company name, where you're located, that type of thing. Sure thing. Um, so it is ITC Coatings. Um, we are located in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I sit in my office is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we also have a business development office in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, so what we do is uh, we manufacture and install high-temperature, energy-efficient ceramic coatings. Uh, these coatings have multitude of uses uh, in heat treat furnaces, kilns, reheat furnaces in the steel world. Uh, and really, uh, anybody that's looking to reduce fuel consumption, reduce refractory maintenance, uh, increase product quality, um, should be looking at using our products. Right. So the, and, and just tell us, I mean, you, so it's an energy saving product. It, it's applied to refractory. So what, without giving away the secret sauce, right? Cause we know there's a secret, <laughs> secret formula. Give us, give us a sense of what we're dealing with here. That's a, it's a, is it a castable material? Is it a, a wool material? Is it a spray on material? What is it? What's it made of? Uh, how does it work? Well, uh, it's, 
it's it's neither of those. It is ceramic technology and it's ceramic coatings. So these are water-based ceramic coatings that uh, are applied only mills thick on top of current existing refractory. That refractory can be uh, castable, gunite, shotcrete, uh, ceramic fiber, fire brick, insulating fire brick, hard brick. Um, so it has a, a multitude of uses. Uh, unfortunately, at this point, um, what it's made of, I cannot disclose uh, the chemical makeup because it is proprietary. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, there is nothing in our coatings that one wouldn't find in any of the current refractories in use today. So you're not introducing some sort of... Uh... Uh, a strange alien substance into the furnace necessarily. I mean, this is this is normal material, but it's it's formulated in such a way that you can get some pretty outstanding uh, energy efficiencies. Absolutely, we we take what's currently being used in the market, and you know, based on percentages and what we have, and um, we can yeah, we can make we make a, a pretty unique product. Okay, so so just so people know, because a lot of people say, "Well, is this you know, is this a brand new product? Are they are if we buy it, if we use it, are we going to be the guinea pig here?" Uh, tell us a little bit. I mean, what's the history? Has it been around a long time? Relatively new. Uh, this product has been around since 1980. Um, there was a gentleman and his wife Ferris Delkich and Alice Delkich uh, that invented this product. Uh, they invented it for use for their, uh, actually for their own use. Uh, Ferris was manufacturing kilns back in the 1980s. Uh, he wanted his kilns to be the most efficient kilns on the market. So in order to do that, he invented a ceramic coating to apply to the inside of the kiln over top of the refractory. And lo and behold, come to find out that now his kilns are the most efficient kilns on the market. Um, having that technology in his pocket, I guess, you know, he kind of ventured out and tried to persuade or get the world to start using uh, his coatings to re reduce fuel consumption, increase product quality, you know, uh, a host of benefits that come along with it. We can talk about them a little later, but, um, so yes, it's been around since 1980. Uh, it's nothing new to the market. Uh, but like you had made mention in the beginning of uh, the interview that, uh, yeah, it's probably new to quite a few people because if you've never heard of it or you don't, you don't realize what's on the market, then yes, it's, it could be a new product. Right, right. And just so we know, I mean, we'll mention this at the end as well, but people can find out a little bit more. They can go on the website, on, on your website, www.itccoatings with an S. Dot com. So I will mention that again at the end. But uh, so, Greg, tell just uh, realistically, what type of energy savings are we talking about? I mean, may, you can give us, you know, low end, extremely great high end. And but, you know, realistically, what's in what's in the middle as well? I mean, what, what are you seeing as far as energy savings? Well, you know, depending upon the application. And depending on the condition of the refractory, um, we've seen energy savings anywhere from seven to ten percent, uh, all the way up to twenty twenty five percent reductions in fuel consumption. Uh, and, and, and because of the broad range, you know, if I'm going in and I'm applying this coating on a brand new refractory lining, uh, say it's brand new fiber lining or even a brand new brick lining, that refractory is pretty intact. Uh, and it's it's 
you know, obviously new. So uh, you don't have a lot of spalled refractory or cracks or, you know, things of that nature. So your fuel consumption at that point is low to begin with. Um, the coatings at that point on a new lining are going to protect that refractory uh, from the harmful effects of heat and, and thermal shock and spalling and uh, increase the and increase its life. Uh, you know, when you get into a lining that's uh, been around for several years and it's got a lot of wear on it, it's got a lot of spalling, uh, thermal cracking shocks, things of that nature. You know, you, you've got a lot of avenues for heat to penetrate into that lining and escape through the shell. So, um, your obviously your fuel consumption is much greater. So, you know, there is a broad range, but like I said, again, it depends upon um, the application and current uh, condition of the refractory. So, but, but roughly speaking, anywhere you a person that we're going to use it could expect anywhere maybe 10, 10 to twenty five percent, seven to twenty five percent, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I would say an average that we see currently today on installations is anywhere from probably 10 to 15% on an average. Okay, now that's fair. And and the way this works, just so we're clear, uh, it's a reflective material. Is that right? I mean, is that essentially how we're saving? Yes, yes, it is. It's a, it's a, it, it, yes, it, ref- it reflects. The probably about ninety percent of all the radiant energy that the burners put out. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's most effective in the radiant radiant uh, spectrum, so to speak. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. When you get into the radiation and into the temperatures that uh, most of our customers and our target audience is operating at, uh, when you're twelve hundred degrees, fifteen hundred degrees, the major mode of heat transfer is radiation which temperature to the fourth power, and then that's what we're after. We're after re-radiating that energy from the, from the burners back into the furnace to capture uh, that energy and reduce your fuel consumption. Um, you know, you still, get, you still get convection and conduction through the coatings. Uh, that heat transfer still takes place, but, you know, at much lower temperatures, and we're not really concerned about it. It's, it's, the, it's the radiation spectrum that we're after. So before we jump into uh, just to kind of prep you and prep the people who are listening about what we're going to be talking about, we're going to talk a little bit in a minute here about uh, applying the product. What does it take? And uh, you know, dry out times, if any, and surface prep and stuff like that. But before I asked you about that, do you have any? Again, just to kind of wet our appetite here, do you have any good examples of installations, kind of case studies that you could share that might be of interest? Um, we do have we do have several listed on our website, so I encourage listeners uh, obviously to uh, go to our website. But uh, we have we have many successful applications over the years. Um, the one of the latest that we that we have just uh, done here, oh, probably four or five months ago, was uh, McConway Twirly here in Pittsburgh in one of their Austinizing furnaces, uh, where we coated the entire um, ceramic fiber lining. Uh, you know, and, and their, their major reason for using the coatings is they wanted to be able to reduce their turnaround time. Uh, and we did by 20 minutes, which now allows them to treat one additional load per week. You know, it may not seem a lot, but when you start applying the numbers and the savings to it, it's pretty significant. So, you know, one additional load per week for these guys is a, is a significant amount of profit uh, to their bottom line per year. 
you know, along, you know, along with that, uh, and like I said, which was uh, one of the main reasons why they wanted to use this coating, uh, you know, we reduced, we reduced their fuel consumption. Um, we, we, we improved their temperature uniformity. You know, they used to, they were around plus or minus 40 degrees. We've now got them down to plus or minus 25 degrees. Uh, so a big, 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 uh, significant change there. Um, you know, and their, their, their refractory life is going to increase probably, and this is on an average as well. Um, but their refractory longevity and life is going to increase three to five times. So their maintenance on that fiber lining is going to greatly reduce, you know, fiber shrinks upon heat. It's non-reversible. So you've got to shut the furnace down periodically, pack the joints with new fiber and continue running. But the problem is the new fiber you just used to pack these joints as soon as you turn the furnace on shrinks, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's just a constant maintenance nightmare, especially in a fiber line furnace. So, yeah, that was one of uh, one of the latest ones we did, but we have numerous uh, other applications throughout the years. Uh, in uh, specifically in the steel industry, uh, we've got um, successful applications. Um, Arsene Metals, Newcore Steels, Evraz, Rocky Mountain Steel in Colorado, um, and as far as heat treaters and forging houses, Finkel Steel in Chicago, Union Electric here in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we've got we've got quite a laundry list of successful applications. All right, so let's talk a little bit about application of the product. Uh, just in a nutshell, what's it take to apply? Is this a ther- is it a thermal spray? Is it uh, you know how do you how do you apply it? It's applied um, by a uh, we like to spray it on. Uh, it is not thermal thermally spray applied. Um, you know, it's the best way to apply it is I tell a lot of our customers that want to do this themselves. Uh, the best way to apply it is go to Home Depot or Lowe's, buy yourself a textured drywall popper spray gun and get them for 70, 80 bucks. Um, and use that apply. Now it's, it's okay for, you know, it's okay for heat treat furnaces that aren't, you know, very large in size. Um, we've done them that, you know, maybe 32 feet long, 16 feet wide, 15 feet high, you know, somewhere in that range. It, 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 it's okay in that size. When you move into a reheat furnace and a steel mill, uh, there are sprayers that you, that can be rented or purchased. Um, they are, they are also drywall spray guns, but they are self-contained with a 15 gallon hopper on the unit. So that the actual the applicator is only holding on to a gun and not a you know a hopper full of material, which can get pretty heavy over time. Right. So it's basically, I mean, it's as simple as basically painting your house, I guess. Right. It's a spray gun. Yes, pretty much. Uh, you know, some of the some of the people will ask me, well, I have a you know, I've got a paint sprayer here. Can I use that? And uh, the the answer to that is no. Paint sprayers, yeah. Well, paint sprayers have filters and screens in them, right? And the, the 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 problem with using a paint gun is you're going to filter out and uh, screen out all of the ceramics <laughs> that are in it. So really, all you'll be applying is the water that it's mixed with. Okay, okay. So, and you, I assume you recommend though that your team, your crew applies it. Uh, it can be done by you know by the the homeowner, so to speak, the furnace owner. But 
probably better if your guys apply it? Uh, I would say initially, yes. Uh, we should come in. We always want to come in and, and do the first one, two, three applications for for a customer. And during those applications, if they want to learn, uh, they are more than welcome to sit there with us while we mix and apply so that they can get a good general knowledge and training, hands-on training at the time uh, to be able to move forward and, and, and apply it themselves. Um, you know, we do have, we do have some certified product installers, uh, around the country, um, Norheat out of Canada, uh, thermal coating solutions here out of Pittsburgh. Uh, we do have some other people down south, um, that do it for us. We have a gentleman over in Chicago that handles more or less our cement world and energy world, but, uh, yeah, uh, so it's, it, it can be applied by the customer, but, we definitely recommend um, ITC do the first one or two installs. You can learn, you know, obviously, yeah, learn the ropes. Right now, now how how now how about surface preparation? So I'm a I'm a I'm a manufacturer. I've got a furnace in house. It is up and running. You know, twenty four seven, three sixty five. I don't want it to be down long. Uh, how how much surface prep do I have to do if I take this thing out of out of service? How long is it out, and what do I need to do to get the surface ready? And and how long, in fact, does installation and or if there's a dry out, how long does all this process take? Well, that you know, it's again, <laughs> I've been in some furnaces that are in really really bad shape. Um, so surface prep, I would say on a on a ceramic fiber lined furnace. Um, depending on how hard you run it, you, you know, the fiber, the fiber starts to devitrify and it gets that black crusty layer over that fiber, which is really no good anymore. It's just a, it's a glassy phase that is, has no insulating value to you whatsoever. So that needs to be removed. Um, depending on the size of the furnace would depend on the size of the crew. Uh, but most installations, uh, that I have been involved with, yeah, three to four days at the most, uh, and that 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 can even apply to a a large uh, pusher uh, type reheat furnace in a steel mill. Uh, you know, you just you get a, you get the day one would be um, surface prep, clean up the refractory if it needs it. Uh, day two, uh, day two, three, and four would be applying the coatings, and then after that, we're done. We can walk away. Uh, and, you know, if, if you've got a brand new furnace, you can walk in, open the door, you can have that sprayed in eight to ten hours. You can be done in one day. So that that really application really, like I said, depends depends on the on the, on the condition of the refractory. Right. And and as far as dry out, I mean, is there, a, you know, a lot of times with the refractory installation, there's dry out times, you know, that type of stuff. Do, do we have to, I mean, what are we looking at? Does this stuff need to be dried out? Do we need to go low heat for quite a while or does it? Dry like paint, or no? Yeah, it's you know, I, once it's applied, I, I uh, the recommendation is to let it dry for 24 hours, and then and then when you start the furnace, uh, I say 100 degrees an hour. When you get to about 250, 300, I'd like to hold it there maybe for an hour, uh, just to start to drive off that uh, mechanical water out of it, and then after that, 100 degrees an hour to operating temperature, because then you're going to start. Uh, forming the chemical bond, and you're going to drive off the chemical water, and you're going to center that ref- that 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 coating. And you got to remember, these are you know you're only putting them on mills thick, so you know it's not 
it's not like conventional refractory where you've got eight, nine, ten inches and you got to hold, you know, per hour per inch thickness at two hundred and fifty and then six hundred and then nine. You know, there's there's no holds. Uh, just due to its its, its the, the thinness of the application. Okay, so once we put this uh, material on the ITC coating on, and we're getting ready to to you know fire up the furnace, it, uh, do we have any concerns about any volatiles, any any type of dangerous chemicals going to be off gassing during that process or in during the life of the of the product? Absolutely not. The coatings contain no harmful VOCs, so there is no off-gassing, uh, and you know they're not harmful to you or the environment. So no, no problems. Okay. So the other question that jumps to my mind is, you know, every material has a different uh, thermal coefficient of expansion, if you will. Uh, it, when it heats up, it grows or shrinks in a different way. So you're applying this Mills thin coating or surface, if you will, over, you can put it over brick, you can put it over fiber. I mean, those things, when they heat up, grow and expand and contract differently. Do we have issues here with this coating, cracking, spalling, that type of thing because of the base material? No, we do not. Uh, the way the coatings are designed, uh, the binder system is uh, designed to move with the dimensional change of the substrate. So, you know, when they're when you're at ambient temperature, they're they're very hard, uh, like you know, like a coffee cup. If you if you think about ceramics, um, but when you get into the twenty two hundred degree, twenty three hundred degree range, you know, everything at that point starts to it starts to soften up a bit as things grow and move. So that. The binder system in the coatings, uh, it allows the coatings to move with the dimensional sub, uh, change of the substrate. So, we no, we do not really have any uh, issues with expansion. And, and that, that, that holds true for metal as well. We've, we've got a coating that is specifically designed to uh, coat metal parts and, and increase the life of metal parts due to high temperature oxidation of the metal. Mm, okay. Okay. And then how about... Uh Along the same line, I mean, I'm thinking that if there is any type of cracking at all, which sounds like there is not, but the other thing in some of these furnaces, especially if we've got a high-velocity airflow inside of, let's say, for example, some sort of an annealing furnace that just requires high convective heat, okay? A lot of airflow, right. high velocity. Do we have any concerns about air wind erosion, so to speak? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, you know, if you've got high velocity, some furnaces do have a fiber lining in them, uh, with some velocity. Um, and that, that can tend, it, it, it tends to sometimes tear the, the, the fiber off. But once the coatings are applied, you know, you're encapsulating that fiber. So, and again, like I said, it's got a hard, uh, a hard shell to it. So no, any velocity is, we're not really too concerned about velocity. Not going to be an issue. Okay. No, not at all. Okay. Very briefly, then, let's just talk about what products are offered. Um, seems like you, if I remember, I was looking through the website. It looks like you've got three new install products, if you will, and two fix it products. Can you, can you just kind of run us down through those? What's the difference between them? All that good stuff. Sure, sure. So you're right. We've got five products that we offer. Uh, our workhorse product 
that can go it's go over top of any kind of refractory. It's a very versatile high temperature coating, um, and it's proven to achieve outstanding energy savings and refractory protection. Uh, that is our ITC 100HT. Uh, next is the ITC 296A. Uh, that is a high purity top coat. Uh, it's resistant to salts, uh, acidics, any, anywhere where you have um, a very strange atmosphere or bad products of combustion. You know, some of our customers, they burn oil or they burn coke oven gas, which uh, develops vanadium, and that vanadium starts to attack the refractory lining. So uh, I would always recommend in that instance, uh, I would apply the 296A over top of the ITC 100 to uh, prevent any additional, uh, you know, chemical uh, attack to the, to the 100 HT. Uh, after that, we have ITC 213, which is our coating for metals, uh, and it is specifically formulated for metal surfaces, and that um, can go over top of carbon steels, stainless steels, alloys, you know, any type of metal surface. Uh, and, and what it does is, you know, we're, we're preventing, um, the erosion of that metal due to oxidation at high temperatures. Uh, there is, there is a surface prep to the metal. Most metal that we find, we're going to put it over unless it's brand new and even brand new metal. A lot of times you'll have, um, oils or machine grease, you know, for manufacturing that all needs to be removed. Uh, and the best way to do that is, is, is sandblast. Sandblast the metal part, put a put a very nice profile on it, and then apply the coatings. Now, Over I top see, of the two I see this also can be applied on graphite. Yeah, you know it it can uh, depending upon how much graphite is actually in the product. Um, there is there the, on mag carbon brick. We have a very hard time applying it due to the high uh, percentage of graphite in the mag carbon brick um places like electrodes we can we can coat electrodes so you know it just depends upon the percentage graphite okay all right so that's 213 that's 213 uh and then after that we have two repair products that are uh trialable consistency materials and these are used uh, ITC 200EZ and ITC 148 heavy duty ceramic repaired. The two third, or the, uh, the 200EZ, uh, is used mostly in the ceramics and pottery world. Um, it's a durable compound used to repair broken chip, cracked brick, castable fiber material, things of that nature. ITC 148 heavy duty, uh, you'll find this in use where we've got a lot of abrasion. Um, heavy, heavy industry like the steel mills, guys will repair ladle lip rings, they'll repair deltas sometimes for an EAF furnace. And it's got a, it's very strong. It's got a abrasion resistant compound for repairing areas, uh, that's exposed to harsh environments and mechanical abuse. You know, like I said, tunnishes, ladles, door jams on furnaces, things of that nature. Okay. So those are the two repair products. And I do see uh, from looking at your website right now that you actually have uh, like install kits and things of that sort. So you can buy the product and you can also buy some of the equipment necessary for, for installing. Yes, we do. Um, those, those kits, again, are uh, they're geared toward the hobbyists. 
the the smaller ceramic skies. You know, when you get into the the manufacturing world, uh, you're going to want a much bigger and heavy duty sprayer. So, but we do we offer we do offer kits to the to the smaller hobbyists and ceramic people. Yes, right. and and it might be worth saying that for some heat treaters who want to get started, want to test this out on one of their smaller box furnaces, let's say, you know. This may be uh, one of these kits might be a, a good way to start, but uh, certainly the bigger furnaces would be worth doing too. Okay, so wrapping up here just shortly, any temperature range that this is not good in? I think you mentioned the lower temperature ranges are there. It's okay for those lower temperature ranges, but really it starts getting it starts getting most effective when you're in the radiant heat uh, spectrum, so to speak. Any any heat too high? Um, no, not really, uh, that I have run across, um, you know, the sweet spot on our bat is, um, anywhere 1600, 1700 upwards of 3600, 3800. You get into the medical waste incineration, uh, at those temperatures. Um, you know, back in the day when Ferris was, um, you know, the original inventor, when he was out, uh, pushing his product, uh, there has been testing and some uh, product applications on the launch pad at NASA. So um, I'm not exactly sure what the exit velocity and temperature of uh, the combustion coming out of the out of the rocket is, but uh, you know I'm sure it's I'm sure it's pretty high and, and a pretty high velocity. And um, you know he coated he coated some of the process piping on the launch pad. So. I, you know, again, not that I haven't run into any temperatures yet that are that are too high for us. But again, you know, the sweet spot under bat, like I said, anywhere from sixteen hundred to thirty six is is not an issue. Well, safe to say, if any of our heat treaters are experiencing the temperatures and vo- and velocities of a NASA launch pad, we might want to talk to them about their process a little bit. So I think we're yeah, I would, I would think they would have a bigger problem than, than refractories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, super. So last couple things I see uh, that I wanted to mention here are first off these these materials. Most of them come. You can buy them in gallon. Or even if you want, you know, pint sizes, I guess. A lot of them come in, so there's different sizes, correct? We package it in pint size uh, for the smaller hobbyists and and smaller home uh, kiln and heat treaters and knife makers. Uh, And then for when you get into... you get into the industry, we've got it in, in gallon containers and five-gallon containers. Okay. All right. Super. And then I also notice, very nice to see, by the way, let me compliment you on this. I see your website is e-commerce friendly, so people can actually go on and, and buy right online, I, I assume, yeah? You can buy right off our website. Uh, all the information is listed there. You can buy with a credit card or, uh, you know, you can even go to the website and, and or to our um uh, we we do have a, a what's listed as office at ITC Coatings. If you're using a PO, uh, you can go to that email and submit a, a PO for material. So there's there's several ways to to buy the product. Okay, so if you want to send an email, office at itccoatings.com will we'll also get you there. Very good. All right, well, let's wrap up just to, as a reminder. Uh, the website, if you want to find out more, is www.itccoatings with an s.com 
and you can take a right. look there. Um, also, in uh, Heat Treat today, we'll have an article on our site as well at uh, www.heattreattoday.com. Be glad to connect you up with Greg as well. If anybody has any questions you'd like to get a hold of Greg directly, please just uh, email me at Doug at heattreattoday.com. Be glad to put you in touch with Greg if you've got more questions. So, Greg, thanks a lot for the time. Uh, appreciate it. If there's any, anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, I think we we covered quite a bit today. And uh appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Uh, it was enjoyable. Yep, great. No, appreciate you being here. Thanks very much. All right. So if you're looking for a way to increase the thermal efficiency of your furnace, maybe as much as 10 to 15%, why not give Greg a call? Again, drop me an email at doug at heattreattoday.com if you'd like to get in touch with Greg. You can listen to other Heat Treat Radio podcasts by doing one of three things. You can go to the Google and search for Heat Treat Radio. We're the first thing that pops up. Or you can go to www.heattreattoday.com and click on Heat Treat Radio under the Resources tab. Or you can go to iTunes or SoundCloud and search for us there. And if you have a topic you'd like to see featured on Heat Treat Radio, please drop me an email. Again, Doug at HeatTreatToday.com. Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced without specific written approval and appropriate attribution. This issue of Heat Treat Radio was mixed and produced by Jonathan Lloyd, Butler, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Doug Glenn. Thanks for listening.